You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Alexa Dad, and today we are talking Braves baseball. We bring in our Braves reporter for MLB.com, Mark Bowman. Mark, the Braves announced that Adonis Garcia was released Wednesday to allow him to pursue his desire to play in South Korea. He was their starting third baseman for the team for the past two seasons. Whose job is this now? This has probably been Johan Camargo's job since the, the end of the season last year. You know, Camargo is, uh, I'd say he's, he's probably the best best defensive infielder within the organization. He can, he can handle shortstop, as he proved last year. Um, he handled third base pretty well. We played. I think he made nine of his 30 starts there in September. That's after Garcia came back from uh, the disabled list. I, I, I think we all knew it was going to happen. Uh, we, we knew that Garcia's time at Atlanta was, was done even before he uh, entered his finger last year. Not, I guess it wasn't done at that point in time, but his time as a uh, starting third baseman, uh, and part of that had to do with the way Camargo was playing. You know, he was the better option. Obviously, Camargo ended up playing a little short because Dansby Swanson was was struggling. Um, but September, when he started to get a glimpse of, of maybe what what way they were leaning this year, uh, Camargo was getting the the bulk of the starts. Um, you know, Rio Ruiz is also still within the system. Uh, he could get. He'll get a look as well, but but I think that if if you're just looking at internal options right now, Camargo, it's going to be Camargo's job. Uh, now, with that being said, Alex Anthopoulos has not ruled out the possibility of adding a short-term uh, option, you know, via free agency or trade. You know, we all know that they're looking ahead towards next year, where you know, they'll be looking at Austin Riley, one of the rising prospects throughout this year. And, um, there's probably some hope that, that he would be ready to be at the to be at the big league level at some point in 2019. At the same time, they're going to have some money to play with, and they they will definitely be um, if they get have some hesitation about where Riley is. And even if they if they don't, you know, I, I expect them to be serious bidders for Manny Machado or, or Josh Donaldson next year. Um, you know, that I think they could. They, that could be their top targets. They may be looking at pitching next year as well, but if I had to guess, you know, I, uh, looking into the crystal ball, I, I'd say Donaldson and Machado will probably be their, their primary targets. So, you know, whatever they do here at third base, is it's going to be on the short term. Camargo has a great future uh, within this league. I compare him to, to Martin Prado uh, at about this stage of his career. His versatility is going to help him a lot, and as we saw last year, he's still physically mature and you know as he started to to grow into his body he became uh quite capable with the bat so um some way somehow he's gonna he's gonna fall in a role in atlanta for many years to come but i i gotta think that you know if he plays third base this year uh that, that's not necessarily his long-term role 
All right, so if they look outside, what about signing a guy like Todd Frazier? 32 years old next month. He was with the White Sox and Yankees last year. Played more than 147 games in each of the last five seasons. Hit 67 home runs the last two years. Plays great defense. Good teammate. Eduardo Nunez is another name who's out there that I think would, could potentially be a good fit. Do you see either of these two guys fitting into this organization? I think that there, there should be some interest in Frazier. You know, you, you put it all out there, and, you know, he's uh, uh, not only, you know, his stats, but but what he provides that clubhouse. If you get to that point to where you can consign him to a one year deal, one year deal with an option, whatever it is, um, I think you have to look at that uh, quite seriously. I mean, he's he, it seems much more likely that he would be that the guy that would get that kind of deal as opposed to Mike Mustakis. Um, you know, I know Todd Frazier didn't set out looking for a one year deal, but at the same time, uh, if you could come to Atlanta, have some. You know, have, have an influence on some young players. Um, you know, and he would also significantly, you know, upgrade that that lineup, provide Freddie Freeman the protection that he lacks with the, uh, within the uh, projected lineup that he stands right now. Um, it, it makes sense in a lot of ways. I think it has to get to the point to where it's going to be a, a one-year deal. Um, you know, or something short term, says they're not blocking the, their opportunities to to go after you know, Machado or, or Donaldson next year or block Austin Riley's path if, if he, you know, makes significant strides this year and says, hey, look, I will be ready, you know, provides every indication he will be ready next year. Why not sign a guy like Mike Moustakis? Why get a, a short-term rental or, you know, look inside the organization? Why not just go ahead and get your long-term third baseman now rather than having to compete with everyone else for Donaldson and Machado next year? You know, I, I think there's probably there's plenty to like about Mike Moustakis, but I, you know, I think if you're, you say, look, I'm going to go ahead and sign Mike Moustakis and pass it on the opportunity to get the shadow, uh next year, I, I think you're limiting yourself. Now, you can say, oh, well, why would Manny Machado want to play in Atlanta? You know, that, that'd that be a long shot to go, and there's going to be plenty of other teams, but you know, we're talking about a guy, and I know Bryce Harper's going to be available next year. We may, he, Manny Machado may not be the um uh, you know, the best player on a free agent market next year, but I'd put him right there as 1A, 1B. I mean, he's one of the top five players in the game. Um, at the same time, let's go the other route and, and say, if you, instead of paying Mike Moustakis the amount of money he's going to be looking for coming off, you know, what was a career year, uh, or maybe a career year, um, I, I think that you have to put the brakes on and say, well, why do we want to commit to this one? We might have something similar to that with Austin Riley within a couple of years, or you can, you know, if if he becomes your third baseman in the future, you're filling that spot uh, much more economically savvy manner, and and also uh, the financial flexibility that you create there, you can go spend it elsewhere. I, I just don't think it it makes a lot of sense for them to commit years and dollars at this point in time when there's going to be a lot of opportunities to fall there. Uh, next year, whether that's by going ahead and spending big to get Machado or Donaldson or going ahead and, and giving Austin Riley a chance. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the future of this organization. MLB Pipeline's Jonathan Mayo caught up with Colby Allard at last weekend's Rookie Career Development Program. Here's what Colby had to say. So, Colby, tell me a little bit about your, your 2017 season. You made that, that double jump at such a, a, a young age. Uh, and competed well. What were your what were your takeaways from that year? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, when we went into spring training, me and Mike had had good spring trainings, but obviously we weren't expecting that to happen. We thought, I mean, most organizations and the people you talk with, you kind of got to check the boxes before you go. But the Braves put a lot of faith in us, and they thought that even if we did hit some obstacles or hit some bumps in the road, that we would be mentally strong enough to deal with those and overcome them. And so we kind of just hit the ground running to start off with. And, I mean, me personally, I started off the year very well and then hit some bumps in the road. But I thought, I mean, all in all, that that made me a better player. And I'm super excited for um, the way I maturated this year and for 2018 and beyond. Yeah, you're kind of uh, on the faster track now. It seems one of the things you've learned is that you can get more advanced hitters out without necessarily being able to blow guys away, or if you don't have your plus stuff, that the, the, the package of things that you have works against more advanced guys. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think now is everyone's so talented, especially as you get to the – I mean, everyone's talented everywhere you go. And the older you get and the older you fa- the guys you face, you, you learn to, that getting guys out without your best stuff is kind of what weans, weans people out. Everyone's talented. Everyone has great stuff. Everyone can hit. It's those days that you don't feel that good where you need to – grind it out and battle through it and put up six put up put up six innings and try to and just try to put up a quality start for your team to get that win you mentioned uh, that you got double jumped with with mike soroka he's here at the rookie career development program with you how important is it to have someone who is doing exactly the same thing as you in the same organization and sort of being able to travel that same path together yeah for sure i mean i didn't even know mike at all before the draft and then we've become We've become pretty close, and it's honestly, it's really, it's really nice to go through it with somebody, especially someone who's a good guy, very hard worker. It's, I think we feed off each other both on the mound and, and those days in between starts are honestly just as important, and I think he's done a lot to help me, and I hope he can say the same. So, I mean, I'm glad that we can kind of go through this together, and hopefully we can pitch in Atlanta for, I mean, hopefully a long time together. And my understanding is you, you went up to, to Canada and spent some time with him in his home this offseason. Yeah, we went up there, trained for a couple of days, got to check out Canada for my first time, and he's actually coming home. He's flying home with me to check out check out the beach for a couple of days after when this thing's done. All right, so a couple of fun ones. Um, what's your go-to uniform number? Like, if you could pick one, like, when you get to the big leagues, like, what's the one you love? 20, I hope. My, one of my buddies my sophomore year gave me the nickname 2-0, so it's just kind of stuck, so hopefully we can go with 20. All right. Um, what's the craziest experience you've had in baseball? Craziest experience I've had in baseball, probably uh, the year before the draft when we got stuck down in Mexico after winning the gold medal. We had to get flown out on a, um, on a military plane into Tijuana, bust across the border because of the hurricane. I forget the name of the hurricane, but the hurricane hit the night of the gold medal game. Was supposed to pitch, didn't end up getting to pitch because it started getting too windy and they had to throw us back to the hotel. And so, yeah, I'd say that was probably the wildest memory, and I don't know if much will top that, honestly. That's a good one. All right, and last one is uh, your uh, most memorable childhood memory, like about Major League Baseball, a game you went to, game you watched, something like that. Honestly, I don't know if I could pinpoint one. Honestly, just kind of growing up with baseball, going, I mean, I guess maybe Little League days, going to, the, going to the yard with all your buddies, getting to see your heroes, I guess, when you're, when you're that young. I mean, that was kind of a cool moment, and hopefully I can do that for some kids someday as well. Mark, what does Allard mean to this organization going forward? Well, you know, this is a first-round draft choice there in 2015, and it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun seeing he and Mike Soroka grow together. You know, not only have they been paired on the same teams throughout, but they've they've 
gained a very uh, good friendship. Yeah, one kid from the LA area, another kid from uh, from Canada. They they both visited each other's homes this this winter. That they they have that bond already, where you know they're friends on and off the field, and then within that friendship, there's a competitive aspect like you've seen with so many others throughout the years. I'll use you know the the Atlanta example is always Glavin and Smoltz, you know, growing up together, and then obviously Maddie's joining them uh, early in their careers. Um, you know, it's nice to see those guys feed off each other. I got a chance to, to spend some time with Colby in, in November. Um, it's always amazing how quickly these kids grow up from, you know, whether it's from March to, to November or one year, or, you know, even within a span of two years, the, the, either the baby fat goes away or the acne starts to, you know, disappear and they just start to be, to look like, uh, young men, and, and you know I, that's the one thing that stood out to me with Colby this year is you know he's he's growing into his body, he's starting to to develop the shoulders and everything else, and we we know what kind of numbers he put up last year. He had a great start to the season, hit a bump midway through the season, six or seven short stretch where uh, you know he he basically said you know I can either you know give up and coast through the rest of the year, make some changes, and, and you know what he. He uh, he found himself. He he benefited from the struggles he had during that stretch, which were basically controlled. Uh, his command was off a little bit. Uh, just was walking too many guys, and and he finished the season um, in a manner that that gives you every reason to, to believe he's ready for that challenge that awaits in the Triple A this year. Uh, once he starts the season with Gwinnett, you know, could he reach Atlanta this year? There's a possibility. I'd say Mike, you know, Soroka is probably going to. You know, uh, arrive on the scene first, um, but at the same time, you know, Allard has tremendous upside. He's, um, you know, he's a typical guy just like Soroka that could could develop into a an ace. They're legitimate front line. Uh, they both have legitimate front line potential. So, I think that uh, you know, moving forward, here's a guy that's that's either going to to be within this rotation for many years to come or you know you always have to look at the possibility when you have this much pitching depth teams will be calling for a guy like Colby Allard and he may be that piece that allows them to, to get a significant piece to upgrade at a different uh, and improve the team in a different area. All right big bright future for Colby Allard and Braves fans are hoping it's in Atlanta. That's going to do it for us here. MLB.com Extras our Braves edition will be back next week with a brand new episode so make sure you stay tuned.